Caldwell Medicine Review, episode 81, for Thursday, January 18th, 2018, you are listening to the only podcast, the only news podcast, and the only other podcast, any podcast, whatever category podcast, with the opinions of me, your host, Adam. Me, me, me. Did you ever write something and then think, wow, there are way too many eyes in this? It's a general rule if you're writing something, you're not supposed to include a lot of eyes, because then it's like all about you. I have a trouble. I have, I have a trouble. I have trouble writing stuff without putting too many eyes in it. I wonder if that makes me a narcissist. I don't think I'm a narcissist at heart. I just think I'm a narcissist by nature. It's a, it's a struggle within. So we are in the middle of January. I always see uh, I always see the end of January and the beginning of February as the halfway point between winter because that's. In Wisconsin, anyway, January and February are the coldest months. So once you get past that, you know you get the December's kind of cold, but so is March. But it gets a little bit more mild. Oh boy, what do we have? What do we have in the news? I don't have a lot, really. Probably gonna do a kind of a live news search. We have that whole Hawaii thing. That was kind of interesting. I think everybody knows about it already. Um, I'm gonna go over the fake news awards. That's interesting. It's kind of it's my kind of topic. I like the the whole fake news. Oh, I like the news, obviously. I have a podcast about the news, and I like it so much that I do it anyway. Nobody listens to this podcast. The ultimate the ultimate podcast for hipsters because it's so underground. Nobody can claim that they are also a fan. So, you brag to all your friends, well, <laughs> I listen to Caldwell Madison Review and <laughs> you don't even know about it because it's so underground. What else? Newsweek headquarters got raided. And uh, I think their parent company did too. We'll go, we'll go over that. Going back to that whole Hawaii deal with the with the alarm, I think Donald Trump somehow got blamed for it. <laughs> At least by one celebrity. I, I I don't even know who it is, but it's just so expected these days. And there goes the music. That music was, um, and I forgot, I think I forgot to mention this last episode. That was a song by Kevin McLeod from his site Incompetech.com. And you can check out his site for royalty-free music and ref paper. And you know what? I'm going to... Since, since nobody listens to this podcast anyway, I'm going to 
I'm going to play the beginning of episode 80 and see if I gave him credit. I don't think I did. We'll test it. We'll test it right now. Caldwell Medicine Review, episode 80. Hey, that's me. For Thursday, January 11th, 2018. Welcome to the show. You are listening to... 2018. The ultimate underground news podcast. So underground. Did not even oh, yeah, that's right. It is 2018. I just said that. No, or brag about listening to this show. Another hipster opening? I'm starting to or repeat myself. they don't brag about listening to this show because they're embarrassed. No, you shouldn't be embarrassed. Either way, I got some interesting topics. You should only be embarrassed tonight, if you're listening. That's for sure. I just watched You should only be list- embarrassed to listen to this show if you're not doing anything. That came out, I don't know, earlier this week. You know, While listening to this, this show. NBC... They posted a tweet that was deleted. Is it hard to listen to me and me talk at the same time? Uh, it says, our president. Or this is our president or something like that. Uh, it's so Oprah's speech. And so all this president talk about Oprah. Okay, I think I'm done listening to myself. Probably be- I don't think I gave him credit. Well, Kevin McLeod, I'm going to give you double credit. That song was... Professor Umlaut by Kevin McLeod, and you can find royalty-free music and graph paper on Incompetech.com, Kevin McLeod's website. So, what do we have? Well, let me briefly touch on this Hawaii story. I suppose. Dailymail.com, quote, he felt really bad. Civil defense employee who sparked terror in Hawaii by accidentally triggering ballistic missile warning will be retrained, say officials, after thousands fled to bomb shelters. Some bullet points here. The alert was issued to residents' phones at 8.07 a.m. on Saturday morning. That's pretty interesting. Um, I get the uh, Amber Alert. Warnings to my phone. And I don't know if I've ever gotten anything else. I don't think I ever got like a weather thing. You know, there are tornadoes where I live, but anyway. Second bullet point it took them to seek shelter and warn of an inbound ballistic missile threat. That's ballistic. Stumbled with that word a little bit. Uh, it took 38 minutes for a second phone alert to be issued across the state. By then, terrified residents had flocked to shelters and into their garages. Civil defense employee accidentally hit alert, was unaware until his phone got it. And an FCC investigation into the incident is underway, officials said. And this last update for this article was January 13th, so this is kind of old news already. So, pretty much why, and a lot of people are saying with the whole banter back and forth with Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un, North Korea and all this other stuff, they, some people legitimately thought they are going to get bombed, and how can you blame them when you get an official state warning as such? 
I'm gonna just gonna scroll through this article here. I'm not gonna spend too much time on it, but see if there's anything interesting. Well, Magic Johnson, basketball legend, flocked to a shelter. So, there you have it. Our beloved celebrities were affected too by this event. It says the uh, mistake was corrected by the government agencies on Twitter 12 minutes later, but it took 38 minutes for another phone alert to be issued confirming to residents it was a false alarm. I wonder why that is. It's a good thing that Twitter didn't shadow ban the Hawaii government alert system. Because then Twitter users would have had to wait the whole 38 minutes. Let's just listen quick to this video here from the Hawaii governor. Early this morning, an error was made and a false alarm was sent um, to cell phones and to TV and radio. Um, we investigated and as soon as we became aware that it was an error, we uh, took action to uh, send the notification that it was a false alarm. You know, this uh, should not have happened. We are investigating the sequence of events that occurred. Uh, an error was made in um, emergency management, um, which allowed this um, false alarm to be sent. Uh, it was uh, a procedure uh, that occurs at the change of shift where they go through to make sure that um, the system is working and uh, an employee pushed the wrong button it's my responsibility sir. all right so there's another guy speaking here <clears throat> that first one is the governor and as fun as it is to make fun of government incompetence uh they are human too and as such they are going to make mistakes understandably at least at the uh same rate as normal humans make them I would imagine. I mean, that is my expectations anyway. I was thinking about this the other day. Now, it might depend on what city you live in, but you know, there's some people I think all police officers are great, and there's some people that believe all police officers are, police officers are bad. And I guess in my experience, in my encounters with police officers, With various confrontations and getting pulled over and likewise, I found it to be the same as the normal population. You have your ratio of good to bad and most are good and get the occasional jerk. But I'll tell you what's disproportionate in bad behavior, that would be the main stream media which why I find reading the news so entertaining and that is a frustration shared by many and a frustration capitalized by the Trump administration boy oh boy how fun now I've said this a million times I don't agree with Many of uh, President Trump's 
policies or, or whatever, you know, a lot of his cabinet members and this and that and everything else, but he really knows how to stick it to the media. And I hate to be the guy that says, well, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but I just feel I don't necessarily have to take shame in enjoying Trump winning time after time against the media. And to clarify a lot of Trump's policies, even though I don't agree with a lot of them, when you're comparing to the presidents we had in office in recent history, Trump could end up on the top of the list as far as I'm concerned, as far as likability, but moving on, GOP.com forward slash <laughs> the highly anticipated 2017 fake news awards. Published January 17th, 2018. As promised and delayed a week and a half, I think it was originally supposed to be released last Monday. I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be a video, an actual ceremony, or what, but it's just a list. And it's not even like a top 10, it's like a top, oh it's not even a top anything, it's just um... It's 11 items, so it's, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't know who put this together. Maybe Trump did. <laughs> Why it's 11, I have no idea. But let's, let's go through this. 2017 was a year of unrelenting bias, unfair news coverage, and even downright fake news. Studies have shown that over 90% of the media's coverage of President Trump is negative. Below are the winners of the 2017 Fake News Awards. As this blog reads. Number one, the New York Times' Paul Krugman claimed on the day of President Trump's historic landslide victory that the economy would never recover. And by the way, they don't link to any of the articles that they are referring to, but they include little images. They either images of text, like a like an image images like an image of a headline or uh, a graph and when I say an image of a headline it's the image of text like if you know what I'm talking about you're on a computer you can't select it with the cursor somebody pasted a picture of the text not that it matters moving on you know I actually don't remember that story but I, I, I you know Paul Krugman is but a pretty prominent figure with his mediocre market analysis, analyses. Number two, ABC News Brian Ross chokes and sends markets in downward spiral with false report. Now that was a pretty funny story, if you remember that one. And they have this chart here, 
of the, well, market. I don't know if it's a DAO or the NASDAQ or a compilation of the both, but either way, they have it from December 1st, uh, 2017, from 9.31 a.m. to 11.35 a.m., and they have a line where ABC published this report by Brian Ross, Around, oh, oh, I'm I'm guessing by this chart. Perhaps around eleven o'clock, and you can see the line taking a major dip there. Number three, CNN falsely reported that the candidate Donald Trump and his son Donald J. Trump had access to hacked documents from WikiLeaks. And as a reference to a story where WikiLeaks published something ahead of time and somehow they, somehow CNN thought that uh, Donald Trump Jr. or Donald Trump or both had them ahead of time or, or they were the ones that brought it to light for some reason. More CNN tomfoolery is their their whole their whole network is just an obsession over Donald Trump. It's pretty sad, really. Now, number four, Time falsely reported that Donald Trump's removed uh, the bust of Martin Luther King Jr. from the Oval Office. And that was a story where they had some pictures from the Oval Office, and somebody was blocking the statue. And somebody on Twitter, I believe, if I remember this correctly reported that the statue was removed. Only to be found out later that somebody was just blocking it. Now, now why why they would think that is beyond me, or uh, I guess maybe it's just kind of obvious. What do you think? The president is literally Hitler. As many... Media personalities seem to think. Number five, Washington Post falsely reported that the president's massive sold-out rally in Pensacola, Florida was empty. Dishonest reporters showed a picture of the empty arena hours before the crowd started pouring in. That was a tweet by Dave Weigel from the Washington Post. Tweeting a picture early on in the rally and not during the rally and he should have easily known since he was there number six cnn falsely edited a video to make it appear donald trump to finally overfed fish during a visit with the japanese prime minister so this is when donald trump dumped the fish food in the pond and the actual footage is where the Japanese Prime Minister does it first. They they sprinkle some food in there, and then he then the Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, I believe, he dumps it in. Donald Trump immediately dumps in his his in after, 
to follow suit, and CNN just shows Donald Trump dumping his in and selectively editing it to make him look very disrespectful. Um, that was that that had to have been one of the most deliberate ones on the list. If you ask me, you just can't imagine that was a mistake in any any way, shape, or form. Number seven, CNN falsely reported that Anthony Scaramucci's meeting with a Russian reported about Anthony Scaramucci's meeting with a Russian, but retracted it due to significant breakdown in process. Apparently, three CNN employees resigned over that. Number eight, Newsweek falsely reported that Polish First Lady Agata Kornhauser Duda, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, did not shake President Trump's hand. And they show a picture of them shaking hands. I remember that story. CNN falsely reported, this is number nine, CNN falsely reported that former FBI Director James Comey would dispute President Trump's claim that he was told he's not under investigation. They show two screenshots of CNN. Where they have kind of the topic displayed underneath or at the bottom of the screen. One saying, sources tell CNN, Comey to testify he never told Trump he was not under investigation, FBI investigation. And, and then another one, Comey told Trump he was not under investigation. Number 10, New York Times falsely claimed on the front page that the Trump administration had Hidden a climate report. So then they have a headline via the Washington Post. Almost a brother in arms, but not in every case. <laughs> Here we, their headline, New York Times guilty of large screw-up on climate change story. And lastly, number 11. It says and last, but not least. Russia collusion. Russia collusion is perhaps the greatest hoax perpetuated on the American people. There is no collusion, says in all caps. And they have a tweet by Donald Trump. Well, now that the collusion with Russia is proving to be a total hoax, and the only collusion is with Hillary and the FBI Russia, the fake news media, mainstream in parentheses, and this phony new book are hitting out at every new front imaginable. They should try winning an election. Sad. So, who would have guessed the Russian collusion story wouldn't have never come to fruition? Well, me for one. <laughs> it's a topic I've covered extensively. And it seems the mainstream media is finally starting to get it. And they went... With the Donald Trump is crazy narrative or mentally unfit. And now, I think in the last few days or less than a week anyway, Donald Trump had his physical and a mental assessment from the same doctor who did President Bush and President Obama and found Trump to be in excellent health and... In excellent mental health, 
but it's still not enough. I, I caught a couple minutes of the view, which I'm sorry to admit, but I'll admit it. And they sat around their table, grabbing at any straw they could to turn that into bad news about the whole physical health and mental health assessment. And the thing they were talking about was how Donald Trump's New York driver's license had him at six foot two, and the medical report had him at six foot three. And they were joking how men normally exaggerate their height rather than downplay it. So I guess now this leads to a conspiracy theory that had he been six foot two in the report. His BMI would have technically been obese. So, Donald Trump's evil plan was to add an inch on to just make him overweight, I guess. Well, as interesting as that might be, I think I'm just going to have to worry about real problems. And at the bottom of this article, they go through uh, with a bunch of accomplishments that President Trump has done. And you can read that yourself if you'd like. Donald Trump links to it on his Twitter, and then you can just Google the fake news awards and find the same page I did. And by the way, when I... Well, this was released yesterday... I had to refresh the page probably five or six times before I finally got it. I think it was getting hit up pretty heavily traffic-wise, and the site was crashing. So, before we go into this Newsweek thing, I did find this other article. This is on the Gateway Pundit. Heavily conservative. Um... I read from here a lot. I, I have found errors on the Gateway Pundit before. But I'm going to go on with this story. I've, well, I found errors in just about every news outlet. <clears throat> I don't, you know, if, if, something, if something matches your confirmation bias, which I guess I'm more of a conservative person, and something like this would, you still have to look at it with a critical eye. Because you don't want to be embarrassed by your liberal friends by spreading fake news. But this article on the Gateway Pundit, boom, the White House releases audio that proves Wall Street Journal is lying about the president. Article by Jim Hoft. Article goes on to say the Wall Street Journal has been extremely hard on President Trump since he announced his intention to run for president. The contributors frequently attack President Trump and his administration that were never... Part of the mega movement. On Friday, the Wall Street Journal published a report that Trump associates paid off a former porn star after a fling with Donald Trump in 2006. So, I guess they have a response from Stormy Daniels. And this is the porn star in question. 
January 10th, 2018, to whom it may concern. Stormy Daniels writes, I recently became aware that certain news outlets are alleging that I had a sexual and or romantic, romantic, romantic rather, affair with Donald Trump many, many, many years ago. I'm starting to complete... I'm starting with complete clarity that this is absolutely false. My involvement with Donald Trump was limited to a few public appearances and nothing more. When I met Donald Trump, he was gracious, professional, and complete gentleman to me and everyone in my presence. Rumors that I have received hush money from Donald Trump are completely false. If indeed I did have a relationship with Donald Trump, trust me, you wouldn't be reading about it in the news. You'd be reading about it in my book. But the matter of fact is, these stories are not true. The article continues. The Wall Street Journal, CNN, and the liberal media ran with it anyway. On Saturday, the Trump administration shot back at the hashtag fake news. Wall Street Journal over a different lie by the paper. White House spokesperson Sarah Huckabee Sanders lashed out at the Wall Street Journal for falsely quoting President Trump on a statement about tyrant Kim Jong-un. And her Twitter says, I'm following the link here. It's an image. It's an image that says fake news. The Wall Street Journal, fake news is added again, falsely quoting President Trump. With that being said, President Z has been extremely generous with what he said. I like him a lot. I have a great relationship with him. As you know, I have a great relationship with Prime Minister Abe of Japan, and I probably have a very good relationship with Kim Jong-un of North Korea. President Trump said, I'd probably have a very good relationship with Kim Jong-un of North Korea. I'd, 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 not I. So... Meaning he would under circum certain cer- certain circumstances, as it would seem. And uh, the article ends with the cranks at the Wall Street Journal refuse to apologize over the obvious error, and it just says disgraceful, as one worded sentence. Like Donald Trump says, "sad" as a one worded sentence. Sad. Well, let's get into this Newsweek deal. New York Post reports Manhattan DA raids Newsweek headquarters. This is an article from today, 2.07 p.m. by Keith J. Kelly. While two dozen investigators from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office raided the offices of Newsweek and its parent company, IBT Media, on Thursday. IBT Media was co-founded by Jonathan Davis and... Ooh, how do I pronounce this name? Etine Uzak, perhaps. (laughs) The IRS placed a $1.2 million federal tax lien against Uzak in December 2017. The agents were said to be uh, photographing servers in the office, but not downloading any files at the offices at 7 Hanover Square, according to the sources. 
They appear to be photographing the serial numbers on the machines and a source. In the past, IBT has been linked to a Christian church founded by Korean-American evangelist David Jang and Olivet University, University in California that Jang's followers funded. The IRS has not responded to a call by press time. The Manhattan DA declined to comment. So it's a very short article. Not a lot of details. Perhaps a tax situation. I don't know. Perhaps it's a a, uh, a flex of political muscle. As we've seen by the Obama administration. They have flexed political muscle through the IRS and EPA on various fronts. Now we're just going to do a quick search here. See if there's any updates. Since 2 o'clock. It's an article on theblaze.com titled Newsweek's Rough Week Trump Story Backlash and Raid by Manhattan's DA's Office. So this uses the word backlash. News, uh, the blaze would be Glenn Beck's outlet. This article starts with Newsweek is apparently having a rough week. On Thursday, investigators from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office raided offices for Newsweek and its parent company, IBT Media. Also this week, the media company was blasted by critics over a series of anti-Trump president, or anti-president Trump, rather, stories. About two dozen investigators from Manhattan's DA office were photographing serial numbers on computer stories or servers. Well, just like the article said, the last article. According to the New York Post, which is the article I read. So, I don't think there's going to be any new information here. Well, I'm going to do a, a headline search. See if there's anything else interesting developing. Shut down fear in D.C., blah, blah, blah. That's And that's like, it seems to be news every six months or so. There's going to be a government shutdown. They're not going it's to... It's, I think it's always something to do with the budget. Nobody can agree on the budget. Everybody wants their... I don't know, staple thing or something of that nature funded and... So it seems to work. Republicans want this. The Democrats want that. So everybody fights until they get a compromise. And in the end, the taxpayers just get screwed. And we end up with a government like we have now. Where we have twice as much debt as we do as we have a uh, as we have GDP. Sounds like a recipe for disaster to me. Bunch of bums. Apparently, U2 has a new music video now with uh, Ku Klux Klan members. It's a stop motion video with Ku Klux Klan members carrying torches, marching behind the Oval Office. That's from Tax Dodger Bono, who said that he was going to take a break from writing music because maybe he's too depressed with the world after President Trump won. Bono, Bono, whatever the hell that guy's name is. 
Pretty close to rank douchebag number one in my book. He has all these uh, New World Order-y kind of um, charity causes. According to this one YouTube video that Infowars is uh, posting at Bono, Bono's One Foundation keeps 98% of charity's funds. Not sure if that's true, but if it was, it wouldn't surprise me. Guy's a dirtbag. Even liberals make fun of him. African activist groups from countries that he is so-called helping with his funds or his charity have come out against him, telling him to stop and telling people to stop sending money because they're propping up dictators. See if there's anything else. According to the New York Times, the House passed a short-term spending bill. Delaying the shutdown, apparently. Or setting up a shutdown battle in Senate, according to their headline. Again, this is kind of repetitive news. I'm not going to get into it too much. Something's going to get worked out, and the taxpayers will go into further debt. Tim Cook says users will be able to turn off iPhone battery performance throttling in future iOS update. It's according to an article or a headline from an article from an outlet called 9to5Mac, found on the Google News aggregator. Of course, that's a response to the infamous uh, throttling of phones with the new OSs being installed on older model phones that are hardware-wise perfectly fine and should be running perfectly fine. What is this? Headline article on Yahoo News, Obama's return to politics should worry Trump. I don't know what that means. Kind of doubt Obama is running for Senate. Well, maybe he'll finish a Senate term he never completed. I think it just means he's going to start speaking or traveling, which he's already been doing. This is it. This is articles by Sam Schwarz from Newsweek. Hmm. They must have got this article out before they got raided. If President Trump and the Republican Party are were already worried about defending their majorities in the House and Senate come November, I don't know if they really are. But anyway, they will now have another major factor to contend with, Barack Obama. Well, he wasn't a major factor to contend with when he was campaigning for Hillary, so I don't know what this article is alluding to. I'm going to start scanning through here. Skip the BS and give you the meat of it. I'm reading things about campaign stops being, quote, politically active in 2018. So it's just endorsements. Not news. But yet on the front page of Yahoo, it has 17,467 reactions. The funny thing about this article says, while Trump has recorded record low approval ratings for a president at the end of his first year, Obama has only become popular in retirement. Um, Trump's approval rating at the end of his first year was the same as Obama's. 
And I believe that was according to Reuters. Interesting fact they left out. Um, but I guess that's to be expected with Newsweek. We're getting some of the top reactions here. Douglas Mitchell says a poll could say whatever he wanted to say. Authors should include details on who is sampled. Harry Balls, Bales, Balls, I guess Harry Balls, I don't know. Obama campaigned for Hillary. Look how that turned out. Kind of what I was thinking. Newsweek was a classic, classless rag. This is by Rye, too. Continuing, Obama got Hillary elected with his influence as president of the United States. Oh, wait. She got beaten by a businessman out of New York, of all places. And uh, I just saw a bunch of people trashing on Newsweek. This is the thing about comments on Yahoo. You never know which way they're going to lean. I guess it depends on who's linking to the article. Not seeing really anything hilarious on the Huffington Post. There's a shutdown. So I don't. I don't forgive me for just thinking this whole government shutdown thing is just the most boring topic like imaginable. Nothing ever comes of it. What happened that one time? The government shut down for a couple weeks one time. That's when it actually shut down. And what happened? Somebody. Some government officials came out with some some cheap barricades and, and put them and put them around the memorial. As if the memorial had to be shut down. I don't know. I don't know. There. Uh, it's got to be something funny in everydayfeminism.com. Let's, let's look on there. Today's headline, Four self-care practices for when working as a woman of color has got you down. Let's look at this. I think a lot of women of color listen to this show. Let's see what your practices should be. Not when you know, not when you're working, not when work has got you down, but when working as a woman of color has got you down. So you're at work, you're a woman of color, and just the fact that you're you're of color, there's just something something getting you down. I wonder if it I wonder if it's white people. What isn't that what gets women of color down, white people? I think that's what I heard. Let's see. Self-care is a... Well, let's see. This is an article by Alyssa Aquay, Quay, something like that. Self-care is a battle cry of our generation. It is a realization that in order for us to be better activists, feminists, and friends, we have to take time out to check in with ourselves, heal wounds, and feel loved. Hmm. What happened to the wounds that needed stitches? Aren't those the wounds that really matter? Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Socially, politically, culturally, war, self-care, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally. I, this is just a word salad. What, what, are, what are these steps? What do you do? What do you do when you're down as a woman of color? Number one, engage in passions and projects that reaffirm your greatness. Well, I'm not a woman of color. But if I was, I like how this article is just assuming that I'm great. Thank you. 
I mean, thank you if I was a woman of color. Uh, number two, find a mentor or become one. All right. Maybe that means get a life coach or be a life coach. Number three, organize meetings to address workplace microaggressions. I, I, I'm gonna, I have to read, I have to read this. So all, all of these have, these four, they have, you know, text underneath, but to keep my sanity, I'm not gonna read it. For all of them anyway, I'll be able to read this one. Um, it is no secret that women and people of color can experience microaggressions at work, ranging from somebody inappropriately touching your hair to a male coworker belittling or ignoring your ideas. Inappropriately touching your hair. I wonder when that happens. I haven't I haven't seen that a lot. <clears throat> and I and I've I've worked with women all my life. Um you know, I didn't sit and see the guys touching their hair. Uh, as far as belittling or, or ignoring your ideas, um, that happens all the time. But it's, it's not the women of color. It's it's everybody doing that to everybody. Because everybody wants their idea to be the idea. And everybody hates everybody else's ideas. That's work. That's why, that's why work's a pain in the ass. That's why people don't like going to work. The whole, the whole reason why work sucks is because we don't like other people's ideas. So we belittle and ignore them. <laughs> That's uh that's you know I think when I when I was working any and everybody else's ideas were microaggressions. So my way to get past those microaggressions were to belittle or ignore them. So I don't know. Um but th then again I I'm, I'm kind of expecting everyday feminism to make sense. And that's a mistake in itself. Let's just, let's just skip to number four. Start meetups for women of color. So there you go. Have have your, have segregated um, segregated color power meetings. Uh, and, and if you if you want to know how to do that, I guess just read the the handbook of the Ku Klux Klan. And uh, they probably have all kinds of fun little activities you can do or mimic. Um, you know what? I'm just going to end it on that note. Some wonderful advice for women of color. I've, I've done my part as a white male to make the world just a little bit better for women and women of color and people of color. And I'm, and I'm very proud of myself. Uh, even though I'm inherently racist because I'm white, but at least I'm trying to be one of the good guys. Well, all sarcasm aside, this has been Caldwell Medicine Review, episode 81. For Thursday night, and I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll hope to catch you next time.